What so uh what what is the Iron Sheik? He is a he is a WWE wrestler. He's actually the guy that he beat Bob Backlund who had had the title for forever and then dropped the belt like a month later to Hulk Hogan. Started the Hulkamania area era 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 all right, so we are recording just uh, just to be on record. So you will, uh, oh, good. you know, uh, well, you know why you do the countdown is in case I ever something like periodically happens to one of my feeds, <clears throat> and um, if something were to happen to the feed, like let's say in the beginning, like let's say the audio on the camera I didn't get any, I could you know have a little, oh, there and then go. I could sync them up. There's a way I can go in in my program and oh, sync so them up. Do we, need to, we need to start it over. Do the countdown. It's very scientific. I don't I don't want to get into it on the podcast. Okay, but, I got you. Yeah, but so uh, you know. Well, uh, here we are live in the studio, Clint Clark. We're going to talk about wrestling, wrestling, and other things. Yeah, there you go. See yeah, where, see where life takes us. Yeah. Uh, well, man, it's good to good to have you over. Uh, you definitely were one of the top guest prospects to get on here. Uh, you know, so I'm glad that glad we got you on here. Uh, so you are a jujitsu purple belt, correct? You are running a school in Moralton, which I just came from. Right. Yeah. You're, you're professing in Moralton. Uh, y- yes. It was. Uh, the, we just wrapped up the Reformation with the Counter Reformation. It's very Protestant. All right. Lots I've already of, got my degree. I'm not. Yes. I'm done. Yeah. I, you know. I'm. Hey. I've been telling people this, and uh, I mean, it's a long term goal. Uh, but I'm uh, now I can actually get half price tuition to get a PhD now that oh, wow. I work at the university. So that's cool. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm too lazy. Like I thought about going back, getting my master's. I'm like that seems like too much work. Yeah, man. I'm glad that I did it straight through. I did yeah. take a semester off in grad school because I had that hernia repair. Right. Yeah. Um, and I could just like I was super laid up with that for a couple weeks. Uh. I want to say I was taking classes at the time that I had the surgery and then I took off after that because I'd just gone full-time at the gym and Cora was full-time right. at the gym and we were really growing and building it up. So, well, yeah. Y'all have done a fantastic job there at your gym, too. Well, thanks, man. We're, we got some, some other uh, big plans in the, in the works, just always uh, just kind of like modifications to the building. Like we got to get a new roof uh, job. Like, the roof is good. We just need to get it sealed. Like, periodically, you want to get, like, those metal roofs sealed uh, every few years. It'll last, like, 10 years. But That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so you, uh, how'd you get into jiu-jitsu, man? So, there's this old picture floating around where I got my blue belt, and I guess we didn't really know each other. Because the first time I remember meeting you was when Dring brought you to my very first opening in 2012. Right. I think we were friends on Facebook, but you're friends with a lot of people through the Jits on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. That, that you just, you kind of know them, but you don't know them, and I would say that was me and you. Um, I was actually living in, well, when I first met you, I was living in North Carolina at the time, training with uh, Steve Snyder out there. But I kept in contact with Dream through the years, you know. Um, so I think it just happened. You're, you're, I'm a, I played football at Tech. Yeah, ironically. Yeah, ironically. Yeah, I played football. And that's how you know Rob McCormick. That's how I know Rob McCormick. And I, you suck, Rob. Um, I'd like to go to Rob's shows and yell, you suck back in the day. But 
He's got a new album coming out. You yeah. might have some opportunities to do it uh, upcoming. Yeah, I may have to do a review Rob's album, and he probably won't. Hey, like you it. can come on for a music unraveled spot. <laughs> just with we'll, Rob. Yeah, just we'll break down the folkster. That's <laughs> the name of his upcoming album. Yeah, he he sent me a message on Facebook saying, "Hey, please bail my album." I'm like, "That's gonna be a hard pass, Rob." <laughs> but um, no, so I played football at Tech, and and so I came. It happened homecoming happened to coincide with your thing, so I think I, I left. I, le- I came like just said hi and ate a free of your few snacks, shook your hand and, and left and went to homecoming. But that old picture is kind of so freaking cool that it's floating around. Like I think I'm sitting around being not slim. Yeah, well, so there's that. There's the picture from my opening, and then there's this picture that I think like Corey Springer or Kaylee took from like that seminar where Johnny and I got promoted to Blue right, Belt. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's the one I was talking yeah. about. And actually, and what's funny about that is Devin Snyder, little little kid, and this tells you how long we've been doing this. Little little kid in that picture. I think he's got an orange belt on. Um, and the, he actually just won. I put this on my Facebook. He actually just won the North Carolina State Wrestling Championship. So that was that was cool. It's like, and what is he in high school? Yeah, he's, he's a senior in high school. Yeah, nice. So. What what rank is he in jiu-jitsu now? He's a purple belt now. Sick. Yeah. So I mean, but everybody I think in that picture because dreams in that picture that you can see him in the background, yeah. you know, lurking. Uh, you can see me, you, Johnny, of course, in that picture. Corey, I think Corey's wife. And De- I mean, everybody. Which wasn't even his wife at the time. No. Is what's crazy. So everybody in that picture is still training jujitsu. Yeah. And the odds of that happening got to be astronomical. Yeah. It's, uh, dude, the, here's like the very next day of that camp, I broke my collarbone, bro. Oh, man. Because you remember, um, so during. Jory, Steve, and Border, and Willie all taught. Right, yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember, because I'd never really, I've been to some seminars where people do this, but it's probably, probably the only one. I remember, like, Dream got down, and he, like, showed a move. And it was, like, like escaping side control to, like, an omoplata or something like that, right. you know, like, single wing. And then, uh, like Willie got down, and he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, um, I'm gonna show this." And it was like, <laughs> an, it was like an, ex- it, it had like the same beginning, but it was a different end, you know. And then, like all of the bite belts that were there, and I can't remember if Border was there that evening. I think he might have come later. And was, uh, and that is actually the night rolling that I tapped my very first blue belt. It was one of Steve Snyder's guys that he brought with him. Was it? Was from, it me? It was not you. Um, it was it was some uh, younger guys, and I mean, sh- I was probably twenty one at the time, something like that. I started training when I was nineteen. It was been like twenty one, twenty two. That was two thousand and eight or nine. I can't remember what the date of the, the, the photo is, but it was a long ass time ago. You, but you remember when you first get your blue belt? Well, dude, I didn't even know because I mean, they didn't have a belt for us, right. and they said. They called us up afterwards, and like I just like rolled, and um, I I snapped a bunch of blue belts. I tapped everybody, and did not get tapped once the whole night, um, and was like you know rolling with. I don't even think there were any very many, hardly any purple belts there. I can't remember if there was or not. But at this time, like there were just like so few ranks in the state, even. Yeah. And it's like that was such a rare thing to have that that many black belts in one location, uh, at that camp. So that was like. I guess that was like the pre, like now bite belt camps at Inferno, but that was like bite belt yeah, camp right. back then at that location. But um, no, I remember that very well because 
I remember, I man, and you know when you first get your blue belt, like like it's like a pride thing. Like this white belt's not going to tap me. I will never tap to another white belt again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that, but I you know you, you let these new kids Taylor. And he's got like a, a long last name, so I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. I was rolling with him. He's a four tip white belt at uh, at at Gravitas, and I, I was training at Gravitas last night. And I, you know, you let yourself get in these positions anymore to see if you can get out. You know, thinking, okay, I should be able to. Finish. I do that all the time. I let him get me in a triangle, thinking this kid's not gonna finish it. And so, cause his belt's wide, I do everything I can to get out of him. And you're like, son of a bitch. Sorry, mom. And I, I asked. I say the F word on the podcast okay. from time to time. Not so, every podcast. But yeah, so so anyway, so I ended up having a tap last night. But it, it, number one, is it makes you happy that this guy you watch, you know, progress, you know, because it's still weird that I'm respected in the jiu-jitsu community to me. Like, Did you the East Coast king? Yeah, I'm bro. the king of the East Coast, uh, three-time IBJF champion. Uh, not that I'm keeping track. <laughs> there you go, but and counting, <laughs> counting. three time and counting. and counting. So you're so you're you're more active now than um, than maybe ever, right? Oh no, I say the last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, definitely the last couple of years since I. Man, you know, you know, life as this podcast says, life unravels, and sometimes you know you go things things in life, you know, like divorces and stuff like that, and you and you're forced to hit the reset button. And so, uh, you know, when you go through divorces, sometimes you get on a whiskey and cigarette diet and you balloon up to almost 400 pounds. And Dude, you did smoke cigarettes, didn't I you? I did, I did. I forgot about that. I did, I did. Do you ever still want one? Uh, not really. Not really. I'll smoke, a, I'll smoke a cigar from time to time. Dude, you know, I want to I do a podcast where we smoke a cigar on the podcast. Hey. I mean, dude, dude yeah, yeah, plenty of people I know and respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, Eric Ingram goes to cigar bars to, right, like, yeah. chill, you know? And, like, I don't right. know how much, like, he does not like he does it all the time. But I'll, periodically, I'll smoke a cigar. Hell yeah. No, but, I, but I, I, when I quit, when I was like, when I finally, I remember what was it? It was Anthony Bourdain won the New York Open. That's inspiring. And you won the New York I Open. I won the New York Open. And so, like, everybody was like. Once or twice. Just one. I got second as a purple belt, which I am, you know, and I, I'm I'm a sub-500 down at purple belt after the, after Houston. But I, I do take a point of pride that the last three guys that have beat me in IBGF competition um, have all made the podium at the Worlds. Yeah, they're so, they're monsters. Yeah, they're, they're monsters. So, and, and they're all talented, even the guys that. Just because I beat somebody in tournament doesn't necessarily mean I'm better than What them. is that one guy that I'm surely will listen to this podcast that you competed in the open? I'm friends with him on Facebook, Kevin Pel- Pelpeco. Oh, yeah. I haven't competed against Kevin, but he's a, he's a monster. Has he been in your division again he's recently? Not not recently. Not recently. He just actually started training hard again. Um, I messaged him. I'm not doing New York this year. I'm going to do Boston instead. Okay. You just did Houston. I just did Houston. Or did you do Atlanta? I did not do it. Eric, Eric, uh, he, well, his wrist is all jacked up, but uh, Eric just taught a seminar. I'm trying to have him on the podcast super soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, Eric Ingram is one of the most legit white belts I know. Yeah. And I remember being a white belt and a, a white belt watching Eric. Eric's always been like a belt above me. But, but yeah, yeah, we we've been blue, like I got my purple the same day he got his brown. And he was a brown for a long ass time. Right. Uh, and I remember like one time we were rolling and training. It was like before the last time I went to Worlds. So like I went to Worlds right after I got my brown belt. And um, Eric, I think that was his second year to compete in Worlds. And we were training one Sunday. Um, 
it might have been like after the Jack seminar. For some reason, they came in town and stayed the night. Maybe it was team workout. Maybe he had taught a seminar but the day before at my school. But um, we were rolling, and like Zach Calicut was there. And like, I was just like rolling through him, just slicing, slicing him up like butter, you <laughs> right. know, like having a great time doing it too. And then I roll with Eric and like, I, at that time, like I, I was like 50 competitions plus at purple belt and Eric and I were both brown belts and he's like four tip brown belt. But like he rolled me up at like the same rate that I was rolling Zach up and just like, it, like just exhausted me. Like. I would I would hang with him for a second in certain situations, but like if you get in his guard, like he would just do some amazing things. It like is a competitor, and I think that he's going to produce some amazing competitors. He already is. Oh, no. It's like I mean, for he's just getting going. You can tell, like Zach, <clears throat> for example. You know who's who's Eric's student. You can tell Zach's got it. He's going to be doing this. Yeah, doing uh, this. he's a lifer. Probably. Yeah, he's I a mean, lifer. More, more more than likely, he's a lifer. And I think I've got a couple guys that walk through. In the short time I've been open at Marlton, I've got a couple guys that walk through that I really see. We should. Um, so, are you looking for a building in Marlton? Eventually, eventually. Yeah, we, that's we, why you got those mats. Yeah, yeah, we got we got some mats and stuff like that. So eventually, we're going to open up a brick and mortar in Marlton. I just need to see it grow a little bit. It's a good. Dude, what, what we doing. should we should get together on if you ever want to go look at buildings. But I can. Um, I'm already getting super plugged in on campus with awesome. uh, the other professors, uh, with the administration. I mean, if nothing else, I, I think that we could come up with something to where we could do some stuff on campus for sure. With me being there and you just coming on campus, whether it's we oh, go yeah. put flyers out. I, but I can easily find out the, the wares and the wins. And just so people know, there is a Beatle podcast problem. Yeah, they're they're, and it's so weird because I live in in Greenbrier, which is about what forty five minutes to an hour from you. And yeah, we and we don't have these stupid beetles. But dude, let me read the like. Okay, so like somebody told me, so these are Japanese lady beetles, and like like I said, like it's like we'll get them all wiped out, spray or whatever, and um, you know, get everything cleaned up, suck them up in the vacuum, and then it's like a week later. There's about, you know, 20 of them in the house, like a couple in each room or something. And like, uh, it's, uh, it's weird. It's like, they've found it. This I think this room stays a little warmer Yeah. because uh, I usually have the door shut and that, that vent just kind of, but, um, Asian lady beetle, man, these things, but like, like genetically engineered. And have you seen, did you see, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I mean, did you see that picture around going around social media, the dogs, the inside of the dog's mouth? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, it's like it's like uh, like they all get on the roof of their mouth and like dig in. It's uh, yeah. Um, I hope that one's not true. Where uh, origin? That's what will. The Asian lady beetles are relatively new to this country. It's native to Asia, China, Russia, Korea, Japan, where it dwells in trees and fields, prey preying on aphids and scale insects. Uh, the first field population in the United States were found in Louisiana in '88. But that's because we like genetically engineered them to control some sort of crop problem of, or something like yeah. that um, is what I heard. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if they get it yet. When you genetically engineer something, 
That's how you wind up with freaking Jurassic yeah. Park. Oh, you yeah, know what dude. I'm saying? Yeah, well, did I tell you? Um, They're going to keep going, and that's going to become. It's like the movie Idiocracy. It started off as a comedy. I've never seen that, dude. It's a classic. It's, Some people keep telling me to, to watch it. It, it started, it's the only movie I know that started off as a comedy and is becoming, becoming reality about how society is getting dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. Do you know what I think it's called? Uh, I'm I'm trying to. I thought it was called. I might be spelling it wrong, but it's called Kudzu. Do you know about that? It sounds familiar. It's um. I'm trying to find a picture of that. Okay. Yeah. 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 It takes over like whole forests. So check this out real quick. So we're looking at like it like basically like a normal. That's like a normal, like, along the highway in Arkansas. You can see this along highways in Arkansas, but you get in, like, Mississippi and stuff. This stuff tears down trees. And it was something that was introduced here from, like, the Amazon or something. And it just, like, literally, like, that that would be, like, a normal, like, the woods in Arkansas. You know, and it just, it, it especially in Mississippi, um, like when you drive to, if you take the highway, like the southern route through like Mobile and stuff going to Florida, Orlando, like we've taken that route, you see it along the sides of the road everywhere. It's crazy. <clears throat> but not indigenous to this region, it just wrecks this region. So so where were we before we got off on the Beatles? We are talking about Anthony Bourdain winning the New York Open, weren't we? We're, you, we've established that you're the East Coast king. Right, yeah. Um, so, are, are you making a run for uh, Masters Seniors Worlds? Have you done yeah, Masters I'm, Senior I'm Worlds? Ne- I've not done Worlds. I'm going to do it this year. Um, you know, and I work a job where I've got to work Saturday, so it's not as easy to compete as I'd like. Houston, I actually got Houston. They had a Sunday tournament, so I was able to uh, I was able to go hit that one. Um, so I got lucky with that one. So I'm going to do this one. I'm taking my vacation. I'm going to go out to North Carolina, see Snyder for a week, and then I'm going to and then I'm going to fly from North Carolina, compete in Boston. Give that a give that a whirl. See how first time to Boston, so why not? You know, try to shipping off people. to Boston. Trying to choke some people in Boston, and then uh, and then I'll be it to Master Worlds unless I can find just one that's on a Sunday. Um, you know, but I've got got good guys to train with. You know, got a lot of. I mean, got a got a couple good, really ultra heavyweight blue belts at Gravitas. I know you've got some bigger guys too. Man, like our noon class, um, I almost wish you would come in on a, a Monday or Wednesday because uh, we do have several heavier guys that show up. Now, most of them, I'll say this, are like tipped white belts, but yeah. they are um, like, I got this guy, Justin Myrick, that's just a savage. No, so, I, think I, I think I rode with Mark one time. Yeah, I dude. did a rank for you at your school. Yeah, he's he uh, he submits higher ranks all the time. Yeah, I mean, so. and that's um for for various reasons. That's a thing, you know. Like you're talking about the thing. It's like you're gonna you're gonna like it. it with all the people that I roll with, I have my school. Like I rolled four rounds, three or four rounds this morning. I roll every day. Yeah, but I I do I only roll once a day. That's another thing. Like since this, like, because I, I do it every single day, I'm and I'm in there two or three times a day minimum, and uh, like, there, so I just like pick one time every day. Is whether it's morning class, noon class, evening class, and that's the class I'm gonna roll. So, but that that works out for me. But and two within that process, like I'm I'm working with uh, a lot of lower ranks all the time, and it's. I don't have fun with it unless I'm like, oh, okay, 
you put me in this submission or hey pass like it's up it's super funny like i'll let people start and so like side mount on me like this is a new white belt we we call him sean john or Jonathan. <laughs> he's that's not even his name uh and uh he'll like i'm like all right you know we'll start from standing or we'll uh, he'll start my guard or something like that and then i like start letting him put me in side mount or full mount and i get out like immediately right. and he's just like oh oh man you know, and uh, it's it, it, and that's how it should be. But every now and then, you're going with that blue belt, that purple belt, or even that white belt. It's like your first, second, third attempt of an escape when you give up that position or submission doesn't work, and it keeps you honest too. And you got to work and and labor under that. Like if that's part of it for me is putting yourself in bad spots. Oh, you got you got to because I mean I mean we're both at a level. Somebody's been training for a month. If they walk in what are we going to get out of knowing about like sweeping them, taking side control and just laying on top of them? Nothing. Yeah. You got to keep it interesting. I hear no, people, no. I kind of almost complain about that sometimes like they get to a certain level <laughs> and it's, um, it's not stimulating for them anymore. And it's like, man, you know, it, since day one for me, uh, in, you know, past a certain point, like you get that, like, like, you know, do you remember, like, what it was like to be a white belt and, like, hit that first, like, plateau of learning where, like, you just felt like you were just like, mom. Like that, man. It's like you got to come up with reasons and ways and methods to keep yourself stimulated. No, and I, and I remember just leaving, even, I remember leaving as a white belt being like, I, I suck at jujitsu. Like, this just isn't for me. I'm terrible at it. But, you know, you keep coming back. You keep for whatever reason you just keep coming back, and, and there's going to be days like that for any of you new guys training jiu-jitsu that might be listening. You're going to go through them days where you're like, "I'm the worst guy. Fuck my life. I'm the worst guy to ever do jujitsu. I suck at this." I like gonna, like after you train with Eric. I'm gonna, yeah, I, you know, and I've never rolled with Eric. It's gonna it's on my to do list. Dude, yeah, you know, um, if you want to feel like a child, <laughs> roll with Eric. Yeah, and what, well, dude? He's been that way since he was like. 20 years like well like younger than that he's been training since he was 14 and he's like like i don't i don't think he is 27 years old i think he's like 26 or something but i remember when he was like like 22 23 24 and i'm just looking at him like holy shit you 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 brought up a name earlier willie mclaughlin oh Oh, willie 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 uncle willie oh uncle willie so i remember being dirty uncle Willie. i remember being a no tip white belt and, and rolling with Willie. And, like, he tapped me out, like, five times in five minutes. He's a bastard. Like yeah. That. And, I mean, uh, he just, like, I rolled with him in bite belt camp, like, the night before. And, like, he he just annihilated, like, like we would fall a little bit. And then, like, towards the end, he just decided, decided, decided to start annihilating me. And it was laughing the whole, you, have you heard that? Oh, 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 oh. Well, and then I remember, the funny thing about it, I remember I got my blue belt. I got my blue belt, and of course now I'm officially I'm a jiu-jitsu badass. I'm yeah. the great. There's literally Anointed. I'm I'm gonna walk down the street, and there's no one that can beat me up because I'm a jiu-jitsu blue belt. I mean, it's pretty much the reality of the situation. But so I'm like, I can't wait to show. That's Willie. the first big goal, dude. That used to be all I cared about was being a blue belt. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm like I can't wait to. It. But my goal was I was in North Carolina when I got my blue belt. Like I came home. For the black belt camp that we were talking about earlier, and I'm like, I can't. I want to roll with Willie. It's I'm going to show him how much better I've gotten. Like th- these were the thoughts that went through my head. Horrible thoughts. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to show Willie how much better I've gotten. And then 
Roll with Willie. I finally got my tamp. Willie was there. Tapped me out five times in five minutes. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, I suck at jiu-jitsu again. Yeah. It, it, dude, it, 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 doesn't it just keep you humble? Yeah. It's so crazy how it keeps you humble like that. Um, in so, Matt, like, dude, I mean, I'm a four-tip brown belt, and – and probably getting promoted like next month. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, awesome. word on the street. But, um, I, but I'm 11 and a half years in, and like, I and Willie is a 45 year old man now, and he beat my fucking ass, dude. I mean, it was, it, there was no, there's no comparison. And I'm, you know, I was, I was, uh, I am 30, so I was, yeah, and I was 30 at the time. I mean, this is a few months ago, but. That is that is that is what like nobody's jacking with that dude if he walks down the street, you know what I'm saying? And that that's the goal for me. But man, it's cool to see uh like Willie and Dring is like a measure of like I mean, because you know if Dring's ever put you in a wrist lock, oh yeah, you're going you're just like I will do anything, whatever, yeah. whatever you want. See, it was, and see, I've known Dream for so long. You know, I've got the LDMA tattoo on my arm. Dude, now. he married my wife and I. Yeah. And, and what that man means to me. So when I got, you know, it's kind of important for me to close that, my blue belt chapter in North Carolina. So I got promoted on the podium at the Charlotte Open after winning the ultra heavyweight division, the Charlotte Damn. Open. Let's not talk about what happened in the absolute division. That's not important. Just know I won the ultra heavyweight division. And so it was important to me to get the belt from Snyder. It really was. And so when I, but it was also important to me when I came back to let Dring throw me because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> so, so, so we, we me and him, we, decision. No, I don't regret it. You know, I don't, I don't regret it. So I mean, so I was like, I wouldn't talk to him. You know, talk to Dring, and I said, hey, you know, you know, I want to be under you from now on. But blah blah blah. And he was like, but it's really important to me that that you throw me. And he's like, I would love to throw you. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, hell yeah. He's like, I will oblige you. So I mean, he caught me with some awful wrist lock. I just like I think I yelled, "I hate you!" Going over like I do every time. Like I hate you, I hate Dude, you. Have you that picture in the front of his school of him throwing that guy and the guy's over his head? Yeah, yeah. Like that's insane. You know what throw he was throwing? I didn't know this for years, but yeah. there's this like standing arm bar that he does off of. Uh, I mean, it's like getting uh, basically getting like a wrestler's two on one. How you're under the arm, like Randy Couture and other people I've so, uh, seen called it a wrestler's two on one. But like or in like an outside shoulder throw and outside Suenagi. But you do that, but you bring the arm up like you hit the elbow and then you bring it up over your shoulder. So you're just like basically standing them up on their tippy toes, pulling your their arm over your shoulder like that. So like they have to like basically jump up over your head and do a front flip. That's great. You know, and I when I came in, you know, it, it, to during the first time, I remember that. Like I'm like, because we were talking earlier about how I got in jitsu. See, as you know, not many people. Well, I think I talk about it all the time. So Dude, you know, do you remember when we almost did a pro wrestling match? We almost together? did a pro wrestling <laughs> Oh, my See, God. I used, to, I used to pro wrestle. I used to pro wrestle under the moniker Wildcard Colton Cash. So my brother, like, my brother, he he did this thing where we were going to do it at Conway Human Development Center. We were going to pro wrestle. And I, so I was like, I hadn't been to wrestling ring in 10 years. But that's part of the reason my break falls are so good because I pro wrestled for so long. I know how to. I know how to. I know how I how take to a fall. fall. I know how to take a fall. My boots have seen many a ceiling. But I was like, well, crap, who am I going to wrestle? Because, you know, and so I think that Shane from LDMA was going to, me and him were going to do it. And then he backed out that me and you were going to do it. 
And so we end up getting the ring, and you had agreed to do it. Me and you were going to work on some stuff and try to put something together. I had a ring. Yeah, to entertain. So we were going to try to, and we end up going the ring. And I had to tell my brother, like, Paul, this is a, this is a bad idea, man. I haven't razzled in 10 years. I'm out of shape. I've got a smoking habit that I've tried to Mickey keep. Rourke. <laughs> like, I pretty much was Mickey Rourke. Like, I was going to be Randy the Ram. Oh, and, man. Uh, That's so, such like, a good movie. We, it was a The good Wrestler. Movie. And it's sad how, how true it is. You know, I don't. Dude, we had a I, like a professor and one of my students. Like, I like was in my office and he like ducked in my classroom. She's always the first one there. This was this morning. They're talking about Ric Flair and da 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 da. And I like walk in. I was like, Ric Flair. I met him this summer, you know. And I got to hear him talk for like thirty minutes. And they were like, "What? No way!" And then like we end up talking about pro wrestling. And I'm like, I was more of a WCW man. I kind of lost interest. They they when they did the 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 invasion. When WCW went bankrupt, it could have been so good. It could have been the greatest television ever. But like Sting, Goldberg, Nash, Hall, Hogan, they all had like these contracts, guaranteed contracts, where they didn't, they were getting paid to sit at home. And so it was like, well, well, I'm not going to go put my body through that. So they kind of, so it got messed up. Like they could have checked their egos and stuff. It would have been, would have been, it would have been so good. It would have been so good. But on that subject about the wrestler, it's scary how accurate that movie is. I, I don't. I Dude, we were talking this morning about all the wrestlers that have died. Right, and I don't. I hate to put people on blast, but I remember working an independent show with Wildfire Tommy Wrench. I, I, I remember being. I mean, he's a legend. I mean, he beat Harley Race for the belt and everything. He's a legend. But man, I just. You know, them guys, what they put their body through. I mean, because that ring's not soft. It's not soft. Have you ever been, has anyone ever hit you like a staple gun? No, no. I've never, I never bladed. I never bladed. I never, I never hit with a staple gun. Did you ever wrestle a smaller statued person? I don't know what the correct term is to use. I I understand. Um, They, they refer to it. And, and this is them, not my words. They refer to it as midget wrestling. We, uh, they'd actually rent a ring at at Ray Winterfield, and they would they would they would do that. I never reffed them. My brother did. My brother reffed them. But they, man, and them guys can go, and they don't talk at all. Like like you know, I mean, the gigs up on the jigs up on wrestling. Everybody knows it's sports entertainment. Even WWE calls it sports entertainment, and they, everybody knows it's scripted. But they, I mean, they they don't even talk. Them two guys have known each other for so long. Have I told you my um I have a I have a huge sports entertainment conspiracy theory. I'd love to hear it. So the WWE in short is going to buy the IMEI Entertainment, I believe is that's what uh right uh, whatever it's called that, the guys that, that, that purchased Zufa. Yeah. Okay. So my theory is that um so the Fertitta brothers highly commercialized the UFC. Got the Zufa um, brand built up, Ultimate Fighter, uh, Fight Nights, all the all these things within the league. All of these fighters you got sponsorship deals for the fighters with first uh, with uh, Reebok. So like pushes all the other sponsors out. Totally changes the industry. And then you have USADA that comes in. So like they totally legitimize the sport. And then they get out, 
And I think the Fertitta brothers, at the same about the same time they start getting out, Jorn Rebney gets ousted from Bellator, and then Scott Coker from Strike Force, who was previously owned by the UFC, takes over at Bellator. So I think the Fertitta brothers are a pulling the strings in in um, Bellator with silent partners, or otherwise. But I also think this Bellator has done something cool with how they do this kickboxing with the ring, and then like lowering the cage down on top of it. What I think is I think that it's possible that we see more of that or that we even see um, all of these regional promotions start going away from a cage. Like you go to St. Louis, you can go to Tulsa, you can go to Little Rock, for example, and and there's still plenty of cage fights. But you're going to see pro boxing, pro-am kickboxing, and pro-am MMA all on the same card in a ring. Right, so like I got a, I got some fights yeah. coming up, and I got two people on it. One's fighting kickboxing, one's fight, but it's all in a ring. So Bellator came up with a way to do them both and have a ring and a cage on the same card. So that that exists as a model. You they they could follow that. But what I think is going to happen is I think that, and this is actually like I'm I'm actually stealing this idea from my buddy a, a little bit, but it makes total sense and like all the background connections of what I just said is why I think it makes sense. So I was like, Oh no, I could totally agree with that. I think that the WWE is going to buy out Zufa and then you're going to have a sports entertainment type night where you see pro wrestling potentially. Uh, so this is, there's talking about starting Zufa boxing. Right. So you could literally see boxing, kickboxing, MMA, and pro wrestling all on the same card. On on that, I don't sure because I mean, as you know, I grew grew up Saturday mornings with my grandfather, my parents, whatever. I remember Mid South Championship Wrestling. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the big draw. Ted DiBiase before he became the Million Dollar Man. I remember they were trying like the Dickens to shave Hacksaw Jim Duggan's head, and they never did it. So, but. That just tell you how long I've been watching wrestling. How yeah, how bro, way way ahead. Now, of like, my yeah, time. yeah. So I remember, I don't, and you may be. I remember when it came on Saturday mornings, but I I was yeah, super. Young, and you may dude. be a little bit young still for this, but but WWE back then was WWF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they did they did brawl for all. This was where the UFC got big, and it was basically. Point. It was basically they fought for real. Well, for most of my um, teenage and in like pretty much my entire life till I was like I don't know till you, till Ultimate Fighter like till I was Ultimate Fighter one I think was when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. But if, when I heard the term cage fight, I thought pro wrestling. Right. Yeah. So, but they did that, and so they had the guy win it. Like Mark Marrow was a legit boxer, and they had they had guys that were legit tough guys that were knocking each other out. So the guy that won it, you think he'd be a made man because this guy's he he he's basically fought through all these guys and proved that he's a tough. It's like his thing was uh, Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn was partners with Bart Gunn. They did a cowboy gimmick called the Smoking Guns. They're brilliant, and so Bart Gunn won Brawl for All. And so what they decided to do was do a big WrestleMania moment, and he was going to fight Butterbean. Butterbean's had a bunch of fights, right? Does does any of this ring a bell, or am I telling you? Yeah, no, briefly, uh, or, you know, somewhat. Butterbean knocked him out, like, in a minute. I mean, like, he he did the full, you know, board. Like, he was out cold. I'm like, 
It was up there with Big Show doing a sumo wrestling match with Aki Bono. It was, you know. Dude, do you remember when Brock Lesnar in, like, his first MMA fight fought that giant Asian dude? Dude's, like, seven foot tall. No, and, you know, that's actually the guy the guy I used to pro wrestle with. He got me into UFC. And the reason I got into UFC was because of Brock Lesnar. And I'm still not a big I was just talking about what a douche Brock Lesnar is this morning. Oh, yeah. And Brock Brock is a douche. Total douche. He's and he's d- so ugly, man. Yeah, he's like, not an attractive guy. The fact that he's married to Sable boggles my mind. Yeah, that's what that girl in my class was telling me, dude. Well, and you see, and like Mark Merrill, he found out that Sable was cheating on him. And he was like, I can't. Because I'm going to fight the guy when I find out who's doing it. Because Mark Merrill was married to Sable. And it turned out he was cheating with Brock Lesnar. She was cheating with Brock Lesnar. And he's like, well. Better let that one go, yeah, You know what? You know, I'm over it. Irreconcilable differences. Let's just, let's just move on. Let's move yeah. on. So, um, so that was that was great. But Brock kind of got me into it. Kind of got me. I mean, my buddy kind of got me into jiu-jitsu. And he was training at a different school uh, than, than what I trained at. I happened, I think I Googled Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think I may have Googled MMA. But he, had, he was a bigger guy like me. And he lost a bunch of weight really fast. And I was like, and I'd had, I'd had shoulder surgery, and I just, you know, I can't really take throwing this arm into somebody's chest all the time. So I was like, well, you know, this would be a good alternative. Yeah, for real, man. Clothesline in someone clothesline. seems like it would really fuck your shoulder. It, it hurt, yeah. And it, it, so it just did. And it was a old football injury that I just never got taken care of, and it just got worse over the years. and. I feel like, too, like, uh, so if you're going to close somebody, what part of your hand or arm would you hit them with? You want to hit them with your shoulder right there. Yeah, I would think, like, almost like uh, that or, like, a uh, boss rooting style, like, bridge hand. Like, like be out, like, like let's say they're here and boom. No, I was wrestling, not trained Wayne in Mountain Pine, Arkansas one time. And me and him, we'd worked on a few spots. And anyway, so he called – he called a clothesline, and 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 because and we'd worked on a spot where like I ducked under the clothesline and did something. So he like when he went to throw it, he went above my head, and I timed out the fall, and he never even hit me, and I fell down like somebody shot me. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn it!" So I rolled out of the ring, tried to collect my thoughts. But it was pretty funny. That 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 was up there. I got my head shaved in a wrestling match one time too. Oh wow! Yeah, I put my hair put my hair on a line. It was it was. Pretty do you think funny. I should do something like that? I've thought about like doing a contest at the gym. Yeah, you talked about if you had enough people sign up for AGF. Yeah, and, yeah, and we didn't. We were like a couple shy. Yeah, so you didn't have to shave your head. I tried to talk you out of doing it anyway. Yeah, you know, like. I shaved my beard recently, and a bunch of my students. So like, well, the first time I shaved my beard, Evelyn from the gym cried. But um, I like I shaved my beard, so like all, and it was you know it was getting kind of bushy, and uh, like the students at the university were like, uh, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, why did you do that?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, the reasons. Mostly, my wife doesn't like my beard, <laughs> and uh, they're like." Well, you better not shave your head because, like, that's part of your popularity, and that's all you got left. Yeah, you're the only guy I know that can pull off the man bun. Normally, I make fun of people, but you're kind of a badass. So I can't make fun of your man bun. Oh, thanks, man. You can talk shit about <laughs> me, like when we're not together. Yeah, we're not and together. well, you, you know, when we are together, I don't, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So yeah. you, uh, yeah. So you remember our argument at AGF? Speaking of AGF, oh, yes, yes, yes. When yes, I was, yes. I was just telling somebody about that the other day. Because they were asking Which, me about uh, verbal taps. Yeah, okay. 
but me and you, we still, I mean, I think we just still see this different. And you're, you're always going to have the best interest of your student at mind. Uh, yeah, and too, like I do have a lot of uh, highly founded thoughts on the sport as well. Right? Yeah, no, because I've competed. Like I said, no, uh, cl- you know, I uh, mean, me and you've both competed a lot. Yeah. I mean, me and you're both competitors. My my issue with why I didn't, and, and just to set the set the scenario for everybody, since we're just discussing. This yeah, thing. this is a great. It's a great, and it's a great scenario to analyze for multiple so, reasons. So, so, go ahead. so I think your guy was down ten to four at the time. Something. It, it, it was he was like he he kept scoring these takedowns, right? Yeah, he, uh, and he, he, so he closed the gap, and I think it was ten to four or ten, something 10 like to that. Four, but, and there's like a minute minute left in the match. He went to do a takedown. The guy landed out of bounds. He put his arm out to brace himself, which you should never do. Yeah, and you he was kind of sideways, so he's like kind of si- sideways, which you should never do. That's you know you'd want to you want to properly fall. When he did, the shoulder popped out. And he screamed out in pain, as I probably very would. very loud. I would probably cry. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I yeah. If I if I, I get I, hurt like that, I probably wouldn't have continued. But I, I wouldn't would, post my hand like I, that. I would I would I would probably went over and asked you to hold me, and uh, he popped his shoulder back in place. I at the point I called the medic over. Freeman. Freeman called Freeman the medic over. Freeman cleared him to continue. Now, and this is in this. I mean, I'm sure people can see your side of the argument. To you, that was a verbal tap. To to me, it happened out of bounds. The medic said he was okay. It should continue. So, in my my take on it is, if you have to bring a medic in to check on a competitor, that competitor's done. That would not exist in the IBJJF. No. And, and, and if we're talking strict competition rules, and AGF is a lot more lax. Um, and I know Brandon. Like the, my thing is liability. If it, okay, let's say. Guy had never had any shoulder issues. Right. He falls, his shoulder pops out, he pops it back in, continues in the match, afterwards realizes that he tore his rotator cuff, says that AGF allowed him to continue when they have this rule about this. And, yeah. you know, I mean, so I can see both sides too. And, but and what, and what, It's kind of like a few years ago when Brandon Allen hurt his back against Missouri and, uh, and Belima kept him in. I'm using this example – at one point, your coach, your coach either needs to step in or somebody needs to step in. But my point, the medic had cleared him at that time, so I was willing to let him continue because he wanted to continue. Brandon Quick happened to be walking by, who owns AGF. They do a fantastic job. They do. They do. I mean, I think they're they're. Um, That's because they provide they they have customer service. You know, IBJJF will not communicate with you. No, and I, I and I think you know you're going to start seeing more people go to. AGF. AGF. I, I, somebody, I want to say, mentioned AGF on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't like a few, and you. There's a few changes they've made that I don't, I don't like, and I don't. And, which, uh, which ones particular in particular? Well, and I sure Brandon, Brandon's talented. They run a great business. Um, you know where they're going to the ranking system, and they like if you're overweight now, they're immediately going to DQ you. I don't like that part of the part. Uh, yeah, of, yeah. Part I didn't read that. They, they that don't. Part. They don't. And I think they're losing some of their brand with that. And I doubt Brandon cares what I think, and, and nor should he. Um, they are like I know that I think their Oklahoma City tournament that's coming up is going to have. I already has like over a thousand competitors. Or something. Yeah, I mean they and they do a terrific job. Craig, yeah. Chris, I, you, I went to the very first AGF. You, dude. you won't meet a better dude <laughs> than Chris Chris Carlin. I hope to have both those dudes on the podcast yeah, at mean, some point. Yeah. No. And so I, I love them both to death. I just I don't like that because one of the great things I loved about that was that they could make that they could redo their brackets on the fly. 
that was part of the, what their things. Okay, you're four pounds over, blah blah blah. That's fine. We're gonna have you yeah. eat over here. Because man, well, I'm sure it's just getting too much to manage without them having to. Because he was telling me like the logistics of them doing a two day event, which like I was I was displeased at Tulsa Nationals that they did not do a two day event because yeah. I was there for 13 hours. Like I can't be an effective coach for 13 hours. Like I, I stepped out to get some lunch in a lull point. Like I was like, okay, there's not a division going off for another hour or something like that. 48 minutes. So, like, I ran to get food, almost miss, missed my wife's matches, you know. And it's like a two-day event solves that. But he was saying the difference in the, in the majority, I think it was an extra 4000 for the menu. But uh, the majority of it, it was like twice that for salaries, like yeah. paying people to ref, paying people. And I'm sure to the point where they need, like, two ring coordinators and stuff like that. And she does a better job now, but that girl they have Ashley there for a while was wearing me smooth the fuck out. Like when I was sponsored athlete, there was a couple of times where she tried boss like dis because Chris like when I was, like, there was a tournament I competed at where I had twenty two competitors compete, you know. So he would allow me like particularly with like Cora, it's like no, you know, I, I'm there not for me in that day. Like yes, I'm there to compete, but it's like everyone else comes first. I'm gonna coach as many matches as I can. So he's like, hey, we'll hold certain matches because I told him about the problem up front when um when we really started growing and having more competitors. I'm like, man, you know, and I would try and hit tournaments during that time that my students didn't go to. Right. Yeah. Like that's when I would really do the IBJJFs. But um, yeah, and you know Chad Morrison. Who runs uh, who runs Perryville Jiu-Jitsu in Perryville, Missouri. I, I compete against him. Super talented. Ultra heavyweight purple belt. Um, yeah, one of Brandon Quick's guys, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. He's no longer affiliated with Quick. Uh, but they. But anyway, that's their story to tell. I don't I don't care. I try, not, I try to stay out of the politics of everything. Yeah, see, that's another thing with uh, Brandon that I'm sure does not make things easy is like running this super successful tournament and having these affiliate schools right. and being a – like running an association because that takes a lot of time and energy dude like just running my one gym takes so much time and energy yeah. i mean he's got and his affiliates are they're they're usually successful and they're well ran but um he's had a few affiliates yeah. drop off recently yeah but i mean not to get into i mean i'm not saying there's a reason why but i mean it, that's it that's just part of it i think yeah but Anyway, me and him were talking about something that now I've bring. Oh, we're, what we're talking about is, and I've discovered this here recently as I, you know, have my own school. It 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 takes a toll on you coaching. It does, man. It, do, it drains it you of energy. Like I said, I couldn't, I can't coach for thirteen hours. You can't ask that of me. Right. You know, like I mean, and that's like what I feel like the AGF is in this transitional point where they're they're asking a lot of the the competitors and the coaches uh and that but they are giving back like remember so like they've got the coaches chairs now they yeah. used to not do that right. but and it's just like it's going more and more to and for lack of a better way of describing it like a cookie cutter model like they are like with this ranking system and stuff what you're saying like i didn't know they were going to do the dqs but it, it makes sense because logistically with a thousand competitors and you have to make a make 62 changes on the fly and they already have to move like there's always people that show up that at least it's not like naga but it's always where people show up and they're like oh well little johnny there's nobody in his bracket but what i but what i like about agf2 was you have head referee chris restfall and that's his wife ashley that runs down there so ashley's in charge of the pit She's and a you, viper, dude. And you've got to have, pit and you've got to, you've got to have a high D personality to run that pit. So I yeah. think she's a good. I think she, she's a she good. does have. Yeah, she needs to. 
and and like I guess when we we were first interacting, like she because she, she had just started started doing that for him, and I was just like, uh, you need to talk to Chris Carlino, and then never talk to me that way again. Like what? Like we don't communicate. Like I'm a I'm an adult. I have a master's degree. Like I own a martial arts school. I brought twenty five people to this event. Like you can't talk to me that way. But she, I think she's kind of. I think they talked with her at least according to Chris about like, and I have noticed a big difference over the last year. And and her husband Chris is the head referee for that, so and he he does a fantastic job, fantastic job, and and so does Chris and so does Brandon. But you Dude, know, being an official would suck. But you know, when you're the referee, like I've done once with them, I'd love to do it again. I had a great time. Um, but you know my schedule working Saturdays, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, it it's hard it to do. It's hard to do, and then plus they want you there for Saturday setup. I mean Friday night setup. So, like if I want to go to Tulsa, I've got to take off Friday and Saturday. It's just hard for me to do. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully I did a good enough job. They they want me back. But Chris said I did good, but he may just been being nice. Yeah, they just need they need refs, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that's another thing they keep changing a lot of their rules, and then they don't put they. Like I was telling, asking them, I'm like, could you do a Facebook Live of every rules meeting? You know, like they they need to do more to get the rules out, and it, they'll change rules, and the refs will be inconsistent on rules they've recently changed throughout the day. Right. And and one of the things I do really like better about the way they do things, and and IBJJF, who knows what an advantage is? They give advantages away like, like like you know, like like it's nothing. And and I remember I was refereeing my first match, my very first match. I had Matt Hamilton, co-owner of Westside, over here coaching, and I don't know who he's going against. But anyway, the girl was going for an armbar. The girl was defending the armbar. Never, and Matt's yelling, "That's an advantage. That's an advantage." We actually just went over in the rule meeting. They have to escape. It's after they get out. It is got to be fully. It's got to be like you need to make no further steps to complete the submission. Yeah. To get an advantage, and so that was, and so I didn't reward. I didn't reward. Well, even like if I understand it correctly, like let's say on the triangle choke, you have a fully locked in triangle. You do not award the competitor the advantage until after the triangle is let go. Right. So it would be the same thing on the armbar. You right. can't award the advantage until there is no more armbar. Yeah, there's no more. There's no armbar. Then the girl ended up escaping, but she never did have it completed. She still yeah. needed to break the arms free and all that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. That is and, a good and, clarification. And I and I do, I did like that. I, I do like that a lot. There there are so many good things about the AGF and and compared to IBJJF and. Well, just the, per the 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 customer service and yeah. the personability, and I don't think they'll ever lose that. I think that like between Chris and Brandon, they're like a yin and a yang, and um, on the administrative side, I think that Chris is uh, kind of what brings that to the table, and I think that he will always do that. I think he will always um, work with people to make things right. And Brandon's a, Brandon's a super talented grappler too. I mean, he I, is, I, yeah. I, I don't think people realize how talented Brandon Quick is, and what a good teacher he is. Um, I think the first HEF I did, I did a, uh, I did like, it was it kind of turned into like a, a gigantic private lesson. There's like six of us there, but 
we did a uh, we did a training session with Brandon. It was it was some really good half guard. I've done a, yeah, I've done a deep half seminar that he taught, I, I and mean, it was super awesome. Next time he's out, I need to try to get a prize. Yeah, I would, um, and I would even I would like to have him in for a seminar. I would have him in for a seminar at my school. Honestly. Oh no, it'd be, no, he'd be it'd be great. And he likes to go teach seminars. Um, that's why I was kind of I was kind of bummed I wasn't able to make any of the t- like well, the first time Mark and Freeman had him in. Um, I went to that one and I wasn't able to make, I know he went, he taught like three or four more yeah. seminars for him. And I wasn't able to make it, but. And, and that's one of them things where Brandon, he, he announced like, and this is so cool about Brandon. He announced like, Hey, I'm in Houston. Anybody wants a seminar? Holler at your boy. Holler at your boy. And like he had a seminar and I tried to tell, and you know, and, and you see this probably with some of your students that walk in, you see them, they're like, and you don't get it till later on to, to your, like to your, in your thirties or you're in your forties. Like I am now. Well, you see so much potential in somebody that they don't see in themselves, and you just want to grab them and shake them. Do you realize what you got? And I, I have that with my stepdaughter. Like, she is so much more naturally talented to jiu-jitsu than I am. Yeah. I mean, she's getting ready to get her blue belt probably next rank for you that we go to. Nice. Um, you know, How old is she now? She, she's, she's 16. She's wow. 16. I got my 15-year-old daughter that trains a little. She stays so busy with basketball, though, it's hard for her to train train full time and then you know she's getting she's getting some uh emails for cross country and stuff from yeah colleges cool. so that's, that's yeah he cool. ran cross country uh in at west point who was that maynard james keenan oh wow. so uh which i'm gonna go see them um a perfect circle he's also the singer of tool we just did a podcast where all we talked about was him for like a couple hours awesome. and um but uh, so I'm going to go see a perfect circle, and there's a very slight chance I um, may get to meet the guy. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to, um, which would be super awesome. I've been um, hanging, like, I remember being in high school, like, or, or late, later junior high, and, like, hanging a perfect circle, like, magazine cutouts on my wall and stuff. Yeah. Guys, uh, but guys, teenage I tell, angst. But I tell Elaine, I'm like, you see, you stick with this as talented as you are. You could have it. You could have it like Brandon does, where you can, you could, that you could command this money to go teach seminars. Yeah. No, you're, it's, you're, uh, well, I mean, Cora's teaching a seminar this weekend. You know, women's seminar. But I know, like, I don't want to put Brandon of uh, someone's. I know a high level black belt who has a school in Midland, Texas, that he charges a thousand dollars a seminar. Bruno. Yes, Bruno. That's all he charges. Bruno, you need to up your rates, man. At least that's what he did at one point. I know they did. Uh, um, but Dude, I was wanting to have this guy in from Alabama, and um, I may still have him in, but, like, um, I just had Jack, who had dinner with Hickson and two days before the seminar, and that guy wants more than we just had Jack in for. Yeah. Not to, you know delve into any uh, like like that's just that people could charge what they want to charge you hear that story about uh what uh, is a henner or a high and gracie one or the other just taught in uh, all these seminars all day in canada and was supposed to get paid like ten thousand dollars and didn't yeah because like I they mean, have to get like a work visa when you do that out of the country like that see and and man and, and those guys are not the ones you want to piss off yeah true like that. like, Danny, that, like yeah, the, that guy's could you imagine, viral you could know? you imagine pissing off like Really pissing off Danny Dream. Mm, no. I mean, 
I don't want to do. I mean, there's like there, there's like. I remember it, one time he was upset with me as I showed up late to a, a show he was uh, the promoter of, yeah. and I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. And luckily Caleb was with me and like kind of mitigated it, but I was so scared. I was like a blue belt at the time, like, probably. Like if me and you, if me and you were to actually physically get into a fight, like physically, me and you, like this went south. Who do you think would win? You would. Okay, thank but, you. But, but. You, I don't you know what? Last time we rolled, you smashed me a little bit. Like I you got me inside mount, yeah. and I was like, "Well, this sucks." Yeah, I don't think you could kill me, but I think you could beat me up pretty bad. Danny Drink could kill me. There'd be nothing. Oh, dude! Like, and and I and I often think about that sometimes. Like, people don't know. Like, you see Danny Drink, fifty-three-year-old man walking his dude. Like, think, I'm gonna mug this guy. Yeah, I'm gonna mug this guy. He could have just like been saying a different age than he is, but is Drink fifty-six? I thought he's fifty. I thought he was 53, too, but he said something about 56 the other day, and I was like, damn. See, and I often think that about, like, Maria Snyder, Steve Snyder's wife. Like a like a gajillionth degree, taekwondo, three or four time I, uh, IKF champion. Yeah. and uh, course, two time IKF champ. Blue, blue belt in jiu-jitsu. I mean, the woman's a bad, bad woman. And like, I'm like, could you imagine, like, if some guy ever jumped her one night just thinking – all right, there's an easy target. She'd freaking kill him. She uh, she would kill him, and there'd be no, like the woman could probably beat me up, dude. Yeah, like I was sparring her in kickboxing one time, and I Cora tools dudes, yeah, all the time. So she told the dude last night. I was just like, oh damn, because then they and that's the downside though. They start going harder, yeah, and they can they have more power. And Marina, real like yell at me, hit me, hit me. I'm like, I don't know. Women always want to hit hit guys in the chest and stuff too. Because you're gonna hit me back. Not not to make a generalization there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, uh, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, quick rest uh, and a uh, little bathroom break action. You need right. another water or anything? No, I'm good right uh, now. I'm yeah, gonna pause I'll, this I'll real. Take it. All right, we're back on the audio. We went we went pee pee and and got a snack and yeah. Now we're back at it. Back at it. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to get a couple of different mics. I'm going to get – I don't really – man, I keep, like, going back and forth, but there exists this mic I could hook into my Mac. Yeah. I can do it portable, but we it, like I could just set it between us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a USB. I can get one that's an XLR, which is what these mics are. Mm-hmm. But these are, like – I even had one of these mics already. Um, that's my buddy Dylan's mic over there. Um he and he's, he comes to the gym. He and I play music. We know each other like 22 years. We used to play music a lot together. We were playing the church band together. <laughs> I slapped the bass. He strummed the guitar. But um, so I got these. I got these three mic stands. But um, these are just Shure SM58s. But they're like a really really good vocal microphone. Oh yeah. So um, no, I can hear you crystal on these headphones. Yeah, and part of that is I got and I was back and forth on this a headphone amp. So headphone amp uh, is what. So like that's like USB mixer, the headphone amp, and the mics, and then the computer here. But I'm getting a a source outside of the computer for audio. Yeah. See, so, man, and, and so that, like I said, we 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 me and a guy talked about doing it because you know as me and you were just talking about, I'm into a lot of the college football uh, smack talk groups. Yeah, it, dude, I, it's super easy to set yeah, up a so, podcast. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, man. And, you Actually, know, it's really not. And, and we, it took me some time. And we know. And like we've talked about, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. And one of the – my favorite podcast is The Art of Wrestling with Coke Cabana. Um, and 
And so, like, I'll download a lot of podcasts. When I'm, when I'm going on these trips, like, Houston, like, okay. So I downloaded a couple of years, and I listened to those because – we talked about me doing this beforehand, so I'm like, all right, I better see what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, dude, it, did you listen to Jack Toffer episode? I have not. I'm, but I, I definitely, I see that. I'm going him, dude, we, him and Rob. Rob we polished off account. a whole bottle. Of, it was a small bottle, but a whole bottle of Crown on the podcast and went for like three hours. And, dude, he told some awesome stories, too. It's a definitely, like, if you get a chance, Jack Toffer, it's three hours long. But Yeah, no, I'm definitely that, dude, because I'm, I'm going to be traveling in April. If nothing else, I'll listen to it when I'm, when I'm traveling. Yeah. There you go. That's fun. But I could just start listening to it as a downloadable listener. Dude, isn't it, isn't it wild how much, like, the, even this morning, um, I was listening to um, a couple of blurbs on the Reformation on my way to uh, the university. And I, I, I didn't even really give, um, we watched a brief uh, little documentary that summed up, like, it wasn't, it was just a clip from a documentary, but it summed up like denom- all these denominations that started happening in Christianity after Lutheranism was, or, you know, kind of a thing. So people started just running with that and creating all these like, no, yeah. we're not going to be Catholic anymore. We're going to do this, 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 right. and this. But um, <clears throat> like, it was just like some professor that, you know, like, here's what I say, but you're doing a podcast would be easy. You could hop on uh, Amazon and buy your own little Porta Studio. Yeah, for you know a couple hundred bucks and produce a similar result. Like the difference is, and like uh, I spent a reasonable amount of time figuring out what kind of camera I wanted to go with. So like I had the camera for, feed for YouTube. Yeah. I was gonna use that for some of my member site videos too, but it's just su- it's just super easy to do it all on the iPad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe too much work. I'm pretty lazy. Yeah, well, if you were just going to do audio, too, yeah. like, that's another thing, man. Like, um, so I'm one, uh, this one, and I need, like, one more podcast. I've had the audio up since the day I did it. But, um, like, there's a couple of, of um, podcasts I've done where, like, the the plan was to edit pictures into the video because, mm-hmm. like, audio only. So I had this, this I read all these articles just doing research about how, like, um, and I, I don't think that, I think it varies channel to channel. I don't think it's universal trend. I, I just, maybe it weren't good articles, but they're saying that like three times more people listen to audio only than video, but everybody I talk to listens to their podcasts on YouTube, hmm. you know, like, and I know that's not a universal thing, no. but then they were saying that audio only podcasts get three times less listens on YouTube. So my first, like, seven or eight podcasts were audio only while I was getting the lighting and everything figured out and, and the audio from the camera. So like our mics goes into the, ca- our mic feed goes into the camera. So while I was figuring that out, I did audio only, but like, uh, like last week, Rob and I did, uh, this, uh, uh, Hickson seminar review. He put this, uh, Hickson cup in Tokyo of him teaching the stuff. And it had all stuff it was all stuff that I had done with him or with Jack or that I'd, you know, I'd seen all of it, knew everything he was talking about. So I just commentated on it for like an hour and 20 minutes. And that podcast, which audio only has more views than any podcast I put on YouTube. So I, I, you know, that's like figuring out those sorts of things has been what's, um, what's been kind of fun, but challenging is figuring out like what the market's like, you know, who listens to you, what your audience is, that's why, like, I have kind of a multi-tier, like, <clears throat> anything I'm doing for history is all going to go into the History Unraveled playlist. Right. And see, that's my, and I listen to you and Housen. Of course, I've known Housen for a while. 
when he when he got his purple belt, he like he he was for sure he goes, I want to roll with you before I get my purple belt. Yeah, so I'm like, say no more, brother. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. So I obliged him. Uh-huh. I obliged him. I got to throw him. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's a great guy. But I enjoyed you know the the talking about different political systems and, and all that about how dude the- Rob McCormick and I uh, that's one of the best conversations I've had in a while. Like yeah. we sit down and talked about literally everything. Yeah. How the infrastructure in Greece and it caused like next thing you know yeah. Barack Obama's got to make decisions the the uh, finance minister and and like I enjoyed that and that's one of the things that for people that don't know me wouldn't think I would enjoy but I like I'm like kind of I got interested I mean not enough to go back to college and get another degree but it was interesting to listen you to don't want to be a political scientist no I don't want to I don't want it I want to I want to dude that's got to be like I mean for like housing situation that's got to be an enjoyable way to right to be a political scientist but man imagine being like in the capital like and you're an analyst that would suck you know and i had a guy come try class come try jiu-jitsu with me and he was like so what do you do for fun i'm like this this Uh, (laughs) you're looking at it dude. dude i get some of the funniest stupidest questions ever from like new like it's always a new 18 to 25 year old male. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's super funny, but just yeah. like, uh, like, like asking, I don't know. It's like weird questions. Like, so, uh, have you ever fought, you know, stuff like that. Just like off the wall, like trying to size, size your like man, manliness yeah, like, up or something. And I'm like, don't make me snatch you up <laughs> by the back of the neck right now and yeah, treat like, you like a little kitty cat. Look, it's it's like yeah, I've got this built for a reason, son. Just trust me. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Like they walk in, so we have one of the biggest, nicest gyms around. Yeah. I mean, not to brag, but it's a true statement. Yeah. So people walk in and be like, "Yeah, I learned jujitsu in my uncle's garage," you know, and I'm like, "No, you didn't." Like. You look around. Like, this is a place you learn jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, and there are other places to learn jiu-jitsu. For example, like, I started off in the back of a fitness center. I have people that trained with me at that phase that are still with me now. I I moved then to splitting rent with, like, a traditional martial arts school. I have people with me through that phase even more that are still with me now. And then on to, like, owning my own program. Yeah. And it's weird that, like you say, like you said, Brock Lesnar's a douche. Or he's a jerk. He's a super douche. Yeah, he is, most likely. His yeah. character, yeah. his persona, his sure. gimmick. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar, I can't honestly tell you that I'd be doing this. I mean, he kind of, that's when I kind of came along, was when there were Brock Lesnar guys, and, and, you know, and I was like. You know, he did, he did pick one of the greatest martial arts coaches of all time to be under, and Greg Nelson. Yeah. If, if you don't know who Greg Nelson is, bro, I'm just saying. Look into it. Look into him, yeah. But he, you know, and he spent a lot of money on coaching and stuff. And I think, I don't think Brock got his credit for how good of a. Because he's a Roy dog. Yeah, I mean, he is a Roy dog. But but who isn't, you know? That that's like I, I want to do a whole structured series of podcasts on steroids. And I and I don't I haven't looked into the TRT thing, the testosterone replacement. Tor Tor Belfort. Yeah, yeah, Tor. Well, and Frank Mir, kangaroo movie, kangaroo, kangaroo meat kangaroo, guy, kangaroo, yeah, kangaroo yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so like I've been comment, uh, commenting on this. Uh, three out of the eight people to enter the Bellator heavyweight tournament were busted for steroids. Yeah. 
So and Roy Nelson, obviously not on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he lost to Mitrione, and then Mitrione was bitching about it. Yeah, well, he's saying that he was hooking his toe in the cage to not get swept. Yeah. But I think they scored that fight right. I think Mitrione won the round one and two, and then – it was borderline 10-8. Did you watch the Cowboy fight this weekend? I did watch the Cowboy fight. I didn't get to watch yeah, it, It was man. a good fight. It was a yeah. good fight. Like, it, finished him the first round. Yeah. It, I mean, he finished him like at 458, 459. Of course, I love watching Derek Lewis. He cracks me up. This where Ronda Rousey's fine ass at? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was it's like UFC's trying to delete it off all the YouTube stuff, him calling him out. He's like, I'm tired from all the sex I be having. Damn, Ronda Rousey uh, married Travis Brown. Yeah, dude, and then he troll. He still trolls him on on Instagram. Like he'll find all the photoshops of like Black Snake Moan with him on Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my god! On, on Christina Reed. Like it's it's funny. I sp- I appreciate a good internet troll. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's the people that are the most um, well known in in MMA or jujitsu. Either one are the people that have created this character. It's like. Why like why that conspiracy idea about the pro wrestling being like the parent organization to this broader industry is that that's what like that's what people want. They want that entertainment value. They want like think about like Shell Sonnen coming to prominence. It's yeah. like Shell Sonnen's a loser. Like on paper, that dude is a loser. That dude when he fought Anderson Silva was a loser. There was just no one else to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah. You know, and like, it, it, I think the point that Anderson submitted him in that triangle, and he he did extremely well in that fight, and I like Shell Sonnen, yeah. but um, he, uh, that was like his fifth triangle to tap to to that point, yeah. you know, and uh, he'd lost to Damian Maia, he'd lost to Jeremy Horn, and these are just fights in the UFC pre Anderson Silva, but just not a consistent champion level fighter, but that only that was offset by the fact that he is the greatest trash talker and he had this character. I am Chael P. Sonnen, the American gangster from the mean streets of Westland, Oregon. And Westland, Oregon's like a zero crime. So right. then people look at that and they're like, this is funny. And you got busted for like money laundering, like a, and you do steroids. Like, is this like, it had the people like right. that controversy. Well, I mean, if you look what sells, and and, and like, and that's and, why and, wrestling's and, really and, the wild west. And, dude. and admittedly, admittedly, you know, I'm probably a casual MMA fan, because I came on when when Lesnar got big, but also I'll go watch like the pay per views over at Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. Enjoy me, enjoy me some naked tenders, but. And I haven't been there in a while, dude. I kind of, I've really never liked their food. You know, it's my favorite restaurant. Really? I eat the one in Conway all the time. They're fast breaking. And, and, and now that we're on the, we're, now we're on something I'm really passionate about. <laughs> Wings. Wings. No, they have the they have the fast break lunch. If they don't get it to your table in 15 minutes, it's free. Really? Yeah, so, I like that idea. Yeah, so I get it. I've gotten a couple free lunches. And, and for you that want to cheat the system, the things that take them the longest to cook are the naked tenders and the hamburger. So. I always pick, but I go in there like it's to the point where like there's like two or three waiters or waitresses there that like like you get in the usual yucky app they just wrap my order down. I'll get the naked tenders with a Caesar salad, Southwest Ranch because you know I've cleaned up my diet. I eat healthy. I eat healthy now. I haven't had a soda in 
God, three three years almost. Good for you, dude. Three years. My only vice, my, the only vice is the unsweet tea with the artificial sweetener. And I was like, that's what just kind of sweetener are you, are you using? Whatever they give me. Oh, yeah, like at restaurants and shit. Yeah. Like you don't have any at home? Yeah, no, I don't. Well, that's good. Yeah, so yeah, I it's not even in your reach, so it's like a cheat for you. Yeah, well, I mean, but you do it like every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah that's but okay. It's, but it's, I'm like, okay, I eat clean, you know, I eat clean. There's got to be, there's got to be something. But, but if you look at what sells for the UFC, it's Conor McGregor. You know, Conor McGregor's talented. He just never defends his belts. That's my only gripe with him. He is super talented. I, I mean, mean, without a doubt. Brock Lesnar, when Brock Lesnar comes, I mean. Cerrone versus that guy he fought this weekend. His name escapes me. Was uh, probably many, many, uh, uh, it, it was. I don't know. It was, it, hell, it, it was a hell of a fight. It, it was a hell of a yeah. Cerrone hit a comeback, right? I said I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I watched and, clips and of then, it. But. And then Lewis versus the guy he fought. That was a hell of a heavyweight fight. Mitrione versus Roy Nelson was a good fight. It really was. It was a good fight. But you put those three. You put those three. Fights, which were all good fights, on a pay per view card. Your your diehards are going to buy it. That's about it. Yeah, there is. That's what's what's interesting is like there's um, diehard fans, and then there's everyone else, and everyone else is way more of the population than diehard fans. Yeah, and uh, like uh, Matt Brown was talking about this, and I've been thinking about it a lot uh, on JRE about how. Um, you should. Uh, they should have like a uh, within the league, uh, sort of a path to pay per view. So, like, let's say Bryce, are, who's in the Ultimate Fighter, right? right yeah. Now. So, I, like, I hope he does. And I've, no spoilers are leaking out. I've been trying to get them. But no. Yeah, I know. I haven't been able to find out <laughs> anything. So Bryce is on the Ultimate Fighter undefeated. So let's say Bryce wins the Ultimate Fighter, right? So he would go and um, let's say the the tiers are UFC Fight Night, UFC on Fox, and UFC Pay Per View. Right. And then, uh, so let's say the winners of the Ultimate Fighter, they're gonna go to like um, the headlines or co-headlines on the on the Fight Night, or they'll go to like the main card on the UFC on Fox, yeah. and they get a chance to like work themselves up through. Lead, like through the league within the organization on those different parts of the promotion. And that that's fascinating concept to me. I think that's a really good idea. And then you have these other people. It's like you always see people on the Ultimate Fire. They didn't win, but they make it to the UFC. They offer them a contract or whatever. You know, it's top four or five people, depending on, you know, their marketability. And uh, so you see these people, and then they'll, you know, like almost like, hey, Almost like there's a seating uh, to come up with a seating uh, structure for within the organization. Like, hey, you came in the organization and you're nine and zero. Like, you didn't come through the Ultimate Fighter. You're automatically going to start off on UFC Fight Nights. Yeah, we're going to put you at the last fight on the undercard on this time. And if you do well, we're going to if you win excitingly, uh, or if it's a good fight, we're going to move you up to the main card somewhere in the mix. And you know, let's say if you run you run three and O or four and O, you're on the co main event of the UFC on uh Fight Night. And then you win that, you might immediately jump to the main card of a UFC on Fox. So like and that to me is valuable because it builds up audience. Mm -hmm. Like it would build your like so that right, and, yeah. and like it's like what you said, it's like 
people want to see like when I like when I'm a hardcore fan, I want to see like only top dudes on a pay per view. I don't want to see them all spread out. It's like just put all the old dudes on a pay per view with the new up and comers too. Don't let I'm not saying let them fight each other necessarily. I'm just saying like let like put you know um, like like a card like every now and there's a really good card like um, Dillashaw and uh, Garbrandt. That was a really good card. That was, that was a very good card. But like how card. many cards a year do you see like that anymore? Yeah. A few, I mean, but you've I mean, got, I mean, you've got champions that don't defend their belts. Yeah, yeah, they're talking I mean, about that in Congress. I mean, you've got, I mean, McGregor just had to relinquish, and it was good in as much because you know we, has that we, been official, uh, ruled official yet that he had to, that he had to surrender the belt. I, I know he surrendered the one, and it went to Aldo, which, you know, well, yeah, I, that one, yeah, yeah but I'm talking I, about the fifty-five I, belt. I, I think so. But the thing about that, I was actually happy, Mac. And, and you know, I we, think they're going to pull some sort of Kansas City shuffle on us, dude. And we're like, wait, look, we don't even know what's going on know, with that. It, but it was it was hard to take Aldo serious as the legit champ because he got knocked out in 13 seconds by. And it was well, it, that's post Usada too, my bro. Yeah, I think I think that Aldo is a deflated roid junkie. Whatever you want, like that. And I, and that, I, and that I hate it because came up that way. Because me and you both, I mean, I think we were both under Novignon when we got or when we got our blue belts. Yeah. Because and so we got our and so so I kind of caught myself cheering for Aldo always because me too and Heenan because they're yeah because because we're both we're all Novignon and now we're no longer Novignon we're Team LDMA which I think that's one of the best things Rings ever did was just be like hey you know and too like I I'm you know when I get my black belt I don't. I don't see ever registering my black belt, which I don't need to because Dring has gone through the process and paid them thousands of dollars. And they're still giving this. And they're is, still this giving is, him shit. They're still giving him shit. And that's one of the other ways, I think. There was a guy, and I went to Las Vegas last summer with some buddies of mine, and I trained at Cobra Kai uh, with Simpson. Yeah, Tony trained there several With Simpson times. Go, and he talked about that. And, and when I go out to Master the Worlds this year, I'm going to go out there and train. But there was there's one guy, his name's Shane Shapiro. And he looks, he looks like he looks like Blake Griffin, mated with a bulldog. The best, I mean, I mean, or, or a pit bull. I mean, he's just big, stocky, and you can look at that guy, look at his ears, look at everything. Like that's a bad mofo right there. That is a bad mofo. And me being a dumbass, first round free rolling, I walk up to him. You want to roll? So I, I mean, I want, I want to see. You know, and I do like normal, like you know, you know, when you roll against a, a high level brown belt. You know, you get your butt handed to you, let purple belt. And, the, and I did fine against the blue belts and the purple belts, but. It is the order of yeah, things. Yeah, yes, it's the order of things. And then the, their brown belts were really freaking good. Well, and Shane just got his black belt awarded not that long ago. He he went to American Nationals won double goat in, in no gi. Yeah, and that's right there in and, Vegas. And, and, yeah, and I was going to do that this year. Um, had, had to pay the deposit on the house and everything. Anyway, long story short is they end up uh they end up moving the dates this year where they're doing it the weekend before UFC fight night. Really? Ticked me off. They're not doing it in International Fight Week. No, because International Fight Week's like right after fourth of July. They're doing it like June June, then to June. Yeah. Oh. No, no. But, but That's the, insane. I wonder why they're doing that. That's know. always been a coupled event. I know like, me, uh, when me, I competed in American Nationals. Me and, like you, that. Was me and you talked about that. That was my plan. And that's when I rearranged things and up like, well, I'm gonna go just spend the week in North Carolina. I was gonna I be JJS fucking up. Yeah. They're doing but anyway, they gave him a hard time about signing up for worlds, like, no, you weren't a brown belt for long enough. 
I like they did that to Gio Martinez of 10th Planet, dude. I'm like, brother just won double gold in American Nationals. And me and Dream were talking about the guy that beat me in Dallas. Me, The guy that beat me in Dallas. Of course, he'd, he'd been a wrestler for 30 years, so I tried to pull guard on him. He blocked it, blah, blah, blah. It went downhill from there. But he won. He won Purple Belt. Master Worlds, like, and he told me like he's like a month or two after getting his, his his purple belt, and Dream's like, if you win Master Worlds at the, at a belt, you've beat that belt. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, and so hopefully he gets his brown belt soon. You know, he sounds like he's probably earned it. If you beat me, I think you've earned it. The king, <laughs> the king, beat the king. But you know if. You know, if he if he spent a year purple belt, who really can say anything? He's won Master Worlds, yeah. but they won't even recognize Ivy Jump won't recognize his. Uh, that's and I just I don't know if that's because their system's all automated or whatever, but it's like they alienate everyone I talk to. I mean, but you got Daniel Tremble trying to register for Dallas to compete as brown belt. They're like, hey, no, your coach can't sign for you. Like what? I mean, I've got my Ivy. When is Dallas? Oh, this was last. This was September last year. Yeah. So he's trying to get it fixed because I know. You know, I, I registered. Oh, it's because it's his new degree. Yeah. See, because I read, because, see, I know the plan is right now Josh Root, Josh Root, Josh Root, me, and Daniel Trimble all plan on going to Vegas to do Master Worlds. We're going to rent a house, get all the cocaine hookers we can stand. There are hookers there, bro. There, there are. No, they, they, they like to hand out the cards. No, I'm joking about that. They, they make a sound with them when you walk by, so you look at them, and then they're like, here you go. <laughs> I'm joking about the cocaine, but not the hookers. Yeah, um, uh, it's going to be a hangover-ass trip. Yeah, it's going to be. It'll be fun, but, man. But uh, So he's trying to get it fixed so they can register for them for that. Uh, we got plenty of time on that. See, uh, as far as I know, uh, Dijon and um, maybe Andre's wife, or not Andre, um, uh, Tony's wife or Dijon's wife is taking care of it for Dring. But, dude, Dring has dropped several thousand dollars uh, to get them. And, you know, what's crazy is I registered Worlds as a brown belt. Look at you skinny face, motherfucker. Um, I registered as a brown belt. Clint Shannon. Yeah, is Shannon. it Clinton or no, Clint? No, just, just Clint. Just Clint. Yeah, Clint Shannon. But I registered Team LDMA with IBJJF when Dring was his third degree, yeah. so I don't know if they're just not recognizing his fourth degree or what the hell's going I, on, but I, I know that um, I know it's been a, a little bit of a weird issue. And before registering with um, – before registering Team LDMA, before we could do that, it was Hobson Mora Jiu-Jitsu. Right, yeah. So, like, I actually never even registered Nova Unyao for a tournament because is, Hobson's not with Nova Unyao Nova anymore. No, because I, I think I registered, I think when I won, I think when I won New York, I registered in the Nova Unyao. And then I registered under Hobson when I won Charlotte. Yeah, so Steve Snyder's still under Hobson. He's correct? still under Hobson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, and man, you know. It, I wonder what the Hobson affiliates think about the um, his split from Nova. I'm not sure, you know, and, and I try not. I, cause Dude, I mean, politics are just a downer. Because I try not to get in the pot. And there's jujitsu politics. Like when I called around in Vegas to see where I was going to train when I was out there. Robert so, Drysdale's still out there. Yeah, because I wanted to go to Extreme Couture. Because I wanted to like, just the off chance Roy Nelson was going to be there. Because he's a big bellied icon. 
So I wanted to, like, I really wanted to train with Roy. I even tweeted, like, hey, I want to train with Roy when I was out there. He didn't respond because he don't care about me. But that's, mm-hmm. that's all right. But, you know, you want to train with, like, I mean, because it'd be cool to go out there and train with, like, the high-level jiu-jitsu. Walter. That's why you should think about doing the Super Show, dude. Because, like, they bring, like, I mean, the Super Show's who brought Hickson in last year. And right now, I'm not planning on going to Vegas this year. But I'm going to tell you, if I hear that, like, Hickson's going to be teaching, I will be there. Yeah. I will go there. I would go there exclusively for the Hickson seminar and not the Super Show. Because I, I mean, to go out there and train with like Frank Mir, you know, Roy Nelson. That's what I want to do. And I end up. I think Cobra Kai was like a mile mile away from my, my hotel. Oh, it's right and, there, close to the street. And I was gonna walk, and then I was like, ah, no, you don't want to no, walk. Nope, no. I'm like, good. Well, I walked from Circus Circus to the Strip, which is not a small walk. But Dude, nothing's a small walk in Vegas. Like, crossing the street, major production. They're on the Strip anyway. Um, but like, go up and over. It to, it's like, I don't know if it's the way they built it or what, but, man, you walk forever, or less scale or size. And it's like, yeah, we're just going to the MGM. And, like, two hours later, you're still walking, and it looks the same distance away. Yeah. I think because we were we're looking at where we're going to rent because we're going to go out there and rent a house because they've started. Oh, there's the, tons of because they've started uh, get yeah, off the strip. Yeah, Airbnb. But you know, I found a couple um, condos that will sleep like like seven eight. Yeah, guys. We're going to do that. We're taking a trip to Colorado here pretty soon. So. But you do that, and because in Vegas now they've started the uh, resort fee. So yeah. like your hotel, uh, like uh. like you can get in the um, in the circus circus for thirty bucks a night, but you get there, you got a thirty buck a night. Yeah, well, and then, too, so then when it hits, like, Friday, Saturday, they uh, hit you with a huge, um, uh, it, it, like, doubles or triples in price for those two days. Yeah. Because so, of the uh, so tourism. I, and weekend. I love, I love Vegas. I'm, like, one of the few guys. But, you know, it's it's in moderation. I've been, like, six times, I think. Yeah. I think I've been three. Went once. Once I won a trip, because I managed movie theaters for 10 years, which was a fun job. I won a trip. Yeah, that's how you know Rob. Yeah. No, yeah. I know, I know, I don't know Rob for that. I'd actually tech. I he said at, he worked at, at the movie theater. Yeah, he didn't did, he? but yeah. I didn't manage this one here. He worked. He, I worked for his dad at McCormick Furniture for like. A, oh, I a, didn't even know that was summer. Summer, yeah. So I did that, uh, but no. So I won a trip to CinemaCon, and that was that was cool. When and so I took my buddy. Max's wife was eight months pregnant at the time, so she couldn't go. So I take joy that I took a trip to Vegas away from her there because go. I got her pregnant, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know me and me and my me and my wife went, had fun, and then I went this last time with the boys. So this will be my fourth time going for Master Worlds. Yeah, right on. Yeah, well, um, what are the dates on Master Worlds? August. August. I think the twenty second through the twenty sixth, twenty third through twenty sixth. But like it'll be, cause man, it is intimidating when you walk out to one of the IBJJF events, the big ones, and they've got like, Houston had twelve mats set up. Yeah, and so that's. It's intimidating when you walk out. I've been I've been on those mats uh, a few times. It is. Um, I've done Worlds three times. Did Pans. Did American Nationals. Uh, Dallas, Houston. Dallas a couple times. Houston. Yeah, I did. My first IBJJF tournament was in Nogi Pans. Oh, nice. I remember. I remember that. And you know, and I've got a thing where I'll give up an arm bar because I can usually roll. Was out. that in, Was that in New York? That was in New York. My first time in New York. But you can give. I'll give up that arm bar because I know I can usually roll out of it. Um. And so I gave up that arm bar. I said, like, take it. Come on. And he took it. Dude, the way, <laughs> the way, Hickson, for a week. The way Hickson does an arm bar, I, I taught it in class once uh, this this week, or maybe it's Thursday. It's last Thursday night. 
But the way Hickson does an armbar, bro, blow your mind. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, why would you do it that way? I can escape this way, this way, or this way. Do it this way. I can't do any of those escapes that you know how to do. So, but, uh, well, dude, um, what, uh, <clears throat> what are we going to get into after this, man? We're going to eat lunch. We're going to roll. We're going to do, we're going to do both those things. We're going to do one of those things. We're going to well, do what, anything. What, what, I don't know. What do you want to do? There's we go so to many Buff- possibilities. We could go to Buffalo. Oh, you have that 15 minute deal. That 15 minute lunch. We could experience that. I uh, mean, yeah. I've got, I've got the uh, I've got the rewards app, but oh man, this has been this has been fun. Yeah, we well, did it, and we got so much more to talk about that, that we didn't. Yeah, see, so like, we did. Well, this we're this. I'm going to drop this in the Jiu-Jitsu Unraveled uh, playlist because all we talked about is Jiu-Jitsu for the most part. We didn't and, even talk about me training in a backyard to be a professional wrestler. We that'll be another. Time. We'll have to have you back on, dude. Yeah. Um, so that's what I love about this is, uh, and why I tried to make the channel and how I'm doing the playlist and the different, um, shows, I guess you could call them is so like, I mean, let's say you take a podcast where you talk about music, jujitsu, all the different things, but that's going to be a life unraveled, you know, like when we're do, like today, we only talked about jujitsu. A lot of times uh, I do an MMA show. All we talk about is MMA. Uh, I'm, like I'm working on my first uh, episodes for this history unraveled spot I'm doing, and it's going to be super dope. Yeah, I mean this would have been. I mean, and, and we just that happened to be what's what me and you bonded over is jujitsu. I think that's why that's what we talked about. Well, so it's what I mean. It's a, such a big part of both of our lives. It's like that's. Um, but uh, you know, ironically, when I had Jack on, like we talked, like we talked about tons of stuff. Yeah. But we talked about a lot of martial arts. But it was still like, and I think about audience in that way. So it's like. You know, um, this this will be great for a jujitsu audience. You yeah. know, so uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully yeah. they enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, quick plug if you want to train and uh, yeah, yeah, in Marlton. If you obviously, you know, yeah, and, go ahead and, me, and uh, me, I'll plug the school, LMA Marlton. You know, Motown, uh, Motown. Um, you know. Man, and and you know, I just want to touch on the politics of jiu-jitsu before we wrap it up. I know you're trying no, to. No, 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 I, I, no. I'm not really this like, uh, but uh, but it was a, it was a false ending. It was a false. It's a fake the, finish. The, the, the <laughs> fake flag ending. <laughs> false flag ending. No, but I I try to I try to you know say I'm loyal to to people, not not loyal to organizations like Danny Dring, Steve Snyder, Sean Killian. Uh, you, Johnny Wester, Daniel Trimble, those are the people I'm loyal to. Those are those are the people I'm loyal to. I mean, well, I've, well, I've trained at their gym, and it, it hurt me because you gave me such a hard time about it, and you knew it was an accident when I got my purple belt, and I I did a big thank you post to all these folks. You did leave me out, and you I bastard. left you out, and it was and I, and it was a complete accident because you were on my mind. I was and I was totally just giving you shit. Yeah, I know you were giving me shit because you called when it's I opened. Super funny. You, you see the you, smile on my face. Yeah, I know it was it was cracking me up because I was like, because dude, I felt so bad. Dude, you know, any time like that, you you forget people. You know, I, I, that's why I like. I used to do a lot more uh, like showing gratitude on social media and like giving people shout outs and stuff. And it's just so hard because so many people in my life, I have so many students. Like we have well over two hundred students, yeah. like more like two fifty ish. And um, like I was telling my students at class, like I know like maybe half a dozen. There, I have a class of thirty-two students. I don't probably know like ten of their names. And uh, I was listening uh, on Joe Rogan. They were talking about this theory. I can't remember what it was. That, like your mind can only store one hundred and fifty names. Wow. So, but anyway, back to jujitsu politics. One of my uh, friends just accidentally texted me, "I love you too, baby girl." 
Laugh out loud. Sorry, that was meant for my wife. <laughs> Dude, super I funny. Look. I, was, I was wondering, I thought somebody was actually texting me trying to come to it's probably my school, but it's Anytime Fitness trying to upgrade my membership. So where um, where is your location in, in uh, relation to the university? We're at, just down the street. We're actually we're we're in C four, the Conway County Community Center. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, I drive right by that. Yeah, we're in there, um, just right there in the aerobics room. Uh, do kids jujitsu at six on Tuesday, Thursdays. Don't jujitsu at seven. Kickboxing at eight. Bam, bam, right there. Tuesday, Thursdays. Hopefully, you know sooner. When we grow a little bit more, I'd love to open up a, a brick and mortar there and be open five, six days a week. Yeah. That, that's the ultimate goal, you know, because you've got you here in Russellville, got Johnny and Daniel in Conway, and you know, you got you right in the middle. Got me right Clint in the middle. Clint Sandwich. You're the meat, dude. I'm the meat. Um, so, do you have anything else you wanted to hit on? No, I think that's it. All right, man. So, uh, I'll get this uh, uploading for the old audience while we uh, go figure out some lunch. we got yoga going on to gym to one, so if we want to roll, we'll have to find something to do for the next 52 minutes. I think lunch it is then. Yeah. Fake ending again. We're going for 52 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, we're, uh, we're signing off. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu Unraveled number three is over.